The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's time. It's time. It's time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. 10, 5, victory! Cowboys win! This is Love of the Star. Love of the Star. Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I'm Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, your radio flagship home of the Dallas Cowboys. Joined, as always, by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broaddus. He is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday on 105.3 The Fan. He is also the pre- and post-game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network, the uh, co-host of the Draft Show on DallasCowboys.com, loved and respected by NFL personnel men everywhere. He's Brian Broaddus. Brian, how you doing? Doing great, and that is the voice of Bobby Belt, who is the uh, host or actually co-host of uh, the show, the morning show, the very popular morning show, Sean and RJ and Bobby, 530 to 10 on 105.3 The Fan. He is also the Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan. He is also a co-host for the draft show, and he is the very capable creator of the Love of the Star podcast. So, (laughs) Bobby, I am doing great. Uh, We're getting close to an NFL draft, like 30 days, I think. 30 some odd days. Man, and yeah, it'll be here before you know it. And those will be three very long days in the studios there at Frisco. And, uh, but you know what? It, it's the best time of the year. It's football Christmas. And uh, I, I honestly can't wait for it. Can't wait to get some new players in here. We are going to be doing something a little bit different today. We sent out the call for questions on Twitter uh, a little bit earlier than I normally do. I normally don't remember to do it until 10 minutes before we record. So there's a limited amount of questions that come in before we start talking. Uh, I sent it out early this afternoon, and we ended up with like 80 questions. So uh, Brian and I are going to do just an all-questions episode today. We're going to turn things over to you guys. This will be an all-Dean Julia Love of the Star mailbag episode. Uh, And so we're just going to run through these. I'm going to kind of go down the list and and just work through some of these, and Brian and I will tackle these as best we can with you guys here over the next 45 minutes or so. So, uh, Brian, any last words before we just roll into nonstop mailbag questions? No, I'm just like I'm, as we as we're speaking here right now. I'm pulling up my draft notes, and then I got to get my board uh, up and ready to go. But yeah, excited! Uh, I don't think we've ever done an episode where it's all been a 45 minute uh, Dean Julia main uh, mailbag <laughs> uh, kind of a deal. But I'm excited about that. And again, we appreciate everybody out there. Every week that listens uh, to the podcast, it, it means a lot. It really—I'm just not—I'm not saying that. I, I really, really do appreciate the fact that you guys have made this as popular as this. Trust me, we notice the people we work with notice, and we're glad to provide the content for you. So, if we can answer your questions along the way, I always think that's the best show we can have. Oh, look at that, Brian! Being very sweet and sentimental. I'm All trying. right. Here we go. Uh, first question here from Travis Ferguson. Travis says, with Brandon Cooks being a smaller receiver, would this open Dallas up to taking one of the smaller receivers? Cooks is a role model, draft, and develop. Uh, I'll just say right off the top, because I know we've talked about before some of their some of the things that McCarthy likes and doesn't like at receiver. They don't mind if you're smaller. 
But if you only play the slot, if they feel like you're smaller and cannot play outside, they don't want you. So Cooks being a guy who's 5'9 and three quarters or whatever he is, and 184 pounds or whatever he plays at, that's not something that bugs them because they feel like he can play outside. He's he's somebody who can play outside, inside. It doesn't bug them. Um, somebody who would be slot specific at the same size is somebody they would not like. Um, so, yeah, if they find somebody similar to Brandon Cooks, I mean, a Marvin Mims is very similar in size. He'll be at the star next Friday at Dallas Day. Um, and so I, I think they absolutely would be willing to take somebody like Brandon Cooks in terms of a build, as long as they felt he could also play outside. Yeah, no, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think there's some teams that are really very um, traits specific. And, you know, th- there was a long time where Mike McCarthy was in a program for a number of years with the Green Bay Packers who are very trait specific. And mm-hmm. so all of a sudden, you know, what makes me feel maybe a little bit different now than maybe what I felt at this time last year is because they're Mike McCarthy's now the primary play caller. So is Mike McCarthy going to revert back to things that he did while he was in green Bay and, you know, Ted Thompson, the scouts, they were the ones that really at green Bay were the ones that really, you know, set the board, the drafting and all that. McCarthy, you know, he had say and stuff. I'm not going to say he didn't. Right. Green, Green Bay just wouldn't draft first round wide receivers. It just, like 2002, or, you know, something like that. Where Javon they, Walker, yeah. Yeah, where they've drafted a wide receiver in the first round. And that's so I'm, I'm totally agree with you on that. I, I think that there's, you know, this is really funny. This is one of those drafts to me that's a little bit strange just because there's more smaller guys than there are the, the bigger guys. I, I'm, you know, there's, Sure, there's you know I know a guy Xavier Hutchinson from Iowa State is a six two two hundred three pound guy, but you know there's not as a ton of those guys in this draft. There's more not than, a lot of, not a lot of Cedric Tillman's. Yeah, Cedric Tillman's another one. I mean, you know Zay Flowers. It's it's a five nine guy. You mentioned Mims. Josh Downs from North Carolina, 5'9". I mean, there's some really, really good players. Tank Dell from Houston, he's 5'8". He's 165. Bobby, I, I can't remember a draft where I've seen more shorter receivers that are guys that are – towards the top of the board and which is which is funny because all the corners are like six three in this draft yeah and that's that's the thing I think that you know that that you have to keep an eye on I I, I, yeah this I think that the fact that they've seen Brandon Cooks play at a high level at his size I think does well for Brandon Cooks but I don't know if it does well for the Tank Dells of the world and the Josh Downs of the world and the, the Zay Flowers of the world. Yeah, see, that's where I would draw the distinction. Like when, when I say that, you know, they got to feel confident that you can play outside. So the distinction there would be Marvin Mims, smaller guy who they probably think has the ability to play outside. So they would be in on him, a, a similarly small guy, even a little bit smaller than Mims, but a similarly small guy, Josh Downs, who's a good player is not an outside player. He is a slot. And that's a guy that they would not consider. So it's less about the size limitations. It's it's not how they want to limit you because of your size. It's how they think you limit yourself because of your size. Right. So a smaller receiver that limits yourself into being only in the slot, they don't want to they don't want to play with that. If they think you can go outside, Brandon Cooks, Marvin Mims, right. you know, they'll they'll be willing to do that. And so uh I think absolutely they, they'd be willing to take a smaller receiver, but it has to be a guy who is able to play uh, on the outside. Next question here from Jeffrey Miller. I'm curious about the discussions leading up to Zeke's release. Did he feel he was capable of being a starting running back or wondering if they had a conversation of utilizing him as a fullback under an ideal deal uh, to remain a cowboy? I, I don't know if fullback ever came up with them. I don't think they ever got close on money and roll though. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you on that. I, you know, the, um, 
the word we were hearing once Jerry and Steven, they were at the senior bowl and, Oh no, we want everybody back. We want, you know, we're happy to have everybody back. We're going to try and incorporate everybody. And you and I were very clear on that on our shows, you know, after that was Jerry hasn't had the conversations with the other personnel guys about, or the cap guys, what needs to be done. You know I mean? Mm -hmm. Once they got things figured out going to the combine, that's where that's where the Ezekiel Elliott like, hey, we can't make this work. We've got to move on. That's where that all came to a head. So I honestly don't feel like that there were any conversations. And I'm sure somebody will listen to this podcast over at the <laughs> over at the Cowboys and send me a text message and say, No, no, no. We had conversations, but but I, I really don't. I think they had a plan. Once Jerry, Steven, everybody got back together, those meetings before they went to the combine, I, I think that they made the determination that they were just going to move on. I, I don't think there were any other any other conversations other than thank you very much for all you've done and, and we're going to move on. Yeah, and, and I do think that Ezekiel Elliott still believes he can play at a level that the Cowboys don't. I'll tell you what Ezekiel Elliott needs and – I think he believes this, and this will probably be the last we talk about him for a while. But I believe that Ezekiel Elliott realizes that if he plays in a system where they split the carries, it'll be far better for him, as opposed to being the guy that's getting the lion's share of the work. So Ezekiel is likely looking for an opportunity where they have somebody in place that can help him split the carries. Because Early in his career, they didn't have that ability to do that. And now that now that you know he he can find a team like that, he he saw the benefit of having Tony Pollard. Hell, he split carries last year and almost had a thousand yards. So I mean, that, I think that tells you a lot about what's going on. Next question here uh, from Money Making Mateo at I Got Soul. He says, I already asked this question to Brian earlier, but I would love to hear you both discuss it further on the pod. If Nolan Smith and B. John Robinson are both this, available. This, this, is a, this, is a killer, this is a killer question. This is a I don't killer, think it is. I don't think it is, Brian. You taking Nolan Smith? Oh, no, I'm taking B. John. Okay. I'm not even I'm thinking now, about it. Now, we're going, to, we're going to upset a lot of folks, and – this is when the folks will come after you and talking about you don't know anything about team building. Uh, I love it. Come look for me. At, look at you no, know, and they will. And, and it's yeah. a, it's a, it's a, it's a really, it's a fair question. And you know, I'm sorry, I don't know your whole Twitter handle. What you just said, but you apologize. <laughs> yeah, you apologize for asking the question, and then the answer I gave you caused 125,000 followers go nuts and so it's a good question and there are people that will argue they were arguing among themselves there were people on the the running back side of things that know this guy is clearly one of the best players he can make a difference I mean everybody was lining up for the good and then you've got the people that are saying hey listen dumbass uh you know if you pick that running back you know, you're you're setting yourself back team building the second contract and all that. My 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 only thing, I love Nolan Smith. I love him as a player. I think he's mm -hmm. I loved him before he blew up at the combine. I loved him. I'm just telling you, I'm interested to see what direction the Cowboys would go here and would 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 Bijan Robinson be the best player on their board? Because they've shown that. They've shown that ability to take whatever the highest rated player is on their board. And you know, Bijan Robinson would clearly help this team. Now, if you're against the if you're against having a running back and wasting the fifth year option on a running back and all that, I, I'm sorry I can't help you. But I I understand why people are dug in. And I, I gave my answer. My answer was I would like to see them. I think that I think that Bijan Robinson would be the best player on their board. That's yeah. You know, we did it. We did it in the mock draft yesterday at or you know, on Thursday with uh, the draft show. You know, I mean, 
if they're they're at 26, they're probably taking the best player on their board. And yep. if they take somebody else, then in my opinion, if they take somebody else, that's the best player on their board. You know, that's yeah. how the stack would probably fall. But yeah, I, I think that I, I think they're absolutely in a position to pick the best player available. Here's where I and, and I like Nolan Smith. <clears throat> I I have questions about Nolan Smith as an NFL edge rusher. Like I I I, I don't totally know because look, there's no doubt he's not completely refined as a pass rusher yet. He I, I think he's a I think he's a really good run defender and he has the tools to be a really good pass rusher, but he's not there yet. If you were talking about some guys that are all potentially in the same general area, let's say Nolan Smith got down to them. Brian, do you think a tiebreaker for the Cowboys saying, hey, you guys are all kind of in the same area for us here. Nolan Smith, maybe B.J. Ojolari, Will McDonald. We're talking about 6'2", 32-inch arm Nolan Smith versus Will McDonald, who's six four, and yeah. uh, the, the arm length is almost thirty five, and BJ Ojolari, who's six two but has thirty four and a quarter. Like I just feel like the Cowboys. I, I don't know that Nolan Smith would necessarily be, e- even if it was just Bijan and Nolan. Even if you took Bijan out of the equation, I don't know that there are not other edge rushers around there that they would feel like this fits more what we'd want. We feel like Nolan's a bit of a tweener. Well, I will say this. I've seen far more games where Will McDonald and I like Will McDonald too. I'm not trying to kill him here, uh, kill him in a way of getting him off a board. And I know that you know, I know that Dan Quinn went and worked him out in Ames, Iowa. But there are plays where I see Will McDonald, Will McDonald not holding up at the point of attack. I mean, oh, I go, was, go go watch go watch Trevor Penning at Northern Iowa block him into the yeah. Ground. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I, one of my lines that I said was has to be careful when playing the run not to get washed out of place. Really hard for him to stand in there and fight blocks. The more that he can play on the move, the better for him. I said has some bend to his game, just lacks bulk. That's kind of what I think with. You know, and then you know, I've watched I've watched Ojulari and and I've talked to so many people down in uh, Baton Rouge about Ojulari, and I, I'm like, you know, I'm kind of one of those guys that like really really likes him. I have to be careful because his LSU ties and my love for that program. But yeah. to me, if you said Nolan Smith, Ojulari. And then McDonald, I would go Nolan Smith, I would go McDonald, and I would go Ojolari. That's how I would see it. Now, I don't know if the Cowboys would see it that way, but I know I sure would. I, I And I I like a lot of things about Nolan Smith, and he's clearly a a freakish athlete. I just – I worry if, if because of his size, because of the uh, – you know, I think you see issues with – I think you see – issues at the point of attack with Nolan Smith at times too. I think you see uh, speed to power issues with, with Nolan Smith. Um, I, I just wonder if his future maybe ends up being more the linebacker that Anthony Barr ended up being. See, that's the thing when you start to talk about, you watch him play linebacker or drop and all that stuff, man, that ain't, that ain't his cup of tea. That just, ain't well, what about, what about a Devin white then? A linebacker who rushes a lot. Yeah, I, I just kind of feel like though that I'm just going to keep him at end and, and and try and work with that. Try and get him a little bit strong. Some of these guys you want to talk about, you know me. What's the one thing I always talk about that I that I struggle with the most? What what do we call that when um, it's it was uh, we asked Will McClay the question about it though the clappers. The the, bi- the biases. Yeah, you have. hate the clappers. I hate the clappers, and I hate guys that lack power. You know, yeah. and I don't know. I I just think to me, the way, and I'm not getting mesmerized by Nolan Smith, but I there's things he did at the combine, testing wise, that you see when he plays. 
Mm-hmm. That's that's what I'm betting on. You're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. All right, before we go any further, I need to remind you guys about our wonderful partner here at Love of the Star. It is Boomer Jacks. You guys, I've seen it on social media. You've been enjoying Boomer Jacks just like Brian Payton and I do, uh, and we love it. We love that you guys are tagging us in your photos out there, getting some of that ice-cold beer, or getting some of those fantastic wings. They have great wing specials. Tuesdays are half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings. But the specials are great the other days of the week, too. It's not just about the wings. It's also about the drink specials starting at $3, the $15 buckets of beer. And that beer is some of the coldest you're going to find. They have wall-to-wall TVs, live music, great patio setups. It is just a wonderful atmosphere for whatever you're looking for, whether that's you know happy hour with the coworkers, a place to watch the game with your buddies, or just somewhere to have dinner with your family. Boomer Jacks is your spot. There are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian, next question here. This one uh, coming from... I just, I just noticed something, Bob, on our on our, our thing. I'm wearing, my, uh, wearing the Tolo shirt today, the gold yes. one. Uh-huh. Okay, but you're like kind of LSU today. We got the we got the purple and the gold working today. Well, to, I, I'm at, it's not LSU. It's it's Yo MTV Raps. It's an old <laughs> '90s shirt. Uh, shout out to uh, Homage who uh, makes these old uh, nostalgia shirts that I love so much. Can I ask you? Can I ask you a real quick question then before we get yeah. going? Here? Yeah. Did Peyton Russell know what MTV was when when you had to oh. ask? Him? He'll know. He'll he'll know what MTV. He didn't know that. What, what, okay, so our producer here, Peyton Russell, he's also our producer on the morning show. At he's a great guy. Great guy. He knows. He knows MTV. I would bet he doesn't know Yo MTV raps. But the shirt we had asked him about was I was wearing my other homage shirt, which was Fi Slamma Jamma. He had no clue. I heard that on the he radio. Had, he had no idea who Fi okay. Slamma was. Which right. is if that, that was forty years ago. That was forty years ago. I, I don't. I told my I, era, I, man. I saw Fi Slamma Jamma play at LSU in the eighties. They're, they're legends. I love the shirt. It's one of my favorite shirts. All right, next question here from Kyle Stahl. What guards uh, do you think would be available in rounds two through three that would be quality starters? Assume Torrance and Avila are off of the board. This is not a very deep guard draft. It does not run very deep. And I think that's why, even though Avila may be more of a second-round player, I think that's why... If the Cowboys decided they liked uh, Steve Avila from TCU, yeah, I think there's a good chance that they approach it the same way they did, like, for instance, with Sam Williams. Is Sam Williams worth the slot where we picked him in the second round? Maybe not, but we either have to pick between picking him a little early 
or not getting him at the next pick because we're in a purgatory spot where he'll probably go, Cowboys would probably look at Avila the same way. Is Avila the 26th best player in the draft? Probably not, but he may be 34 or 35, and so he'll get snatched up before we get a chance in the second round. So you'd either have to trade back or take him at 26. So that's that thought. In terms of second and third round guards, Andrew Voorhees from USC. Um, I mean, you could be looking at Jordan McFadden from Clemson. Brian, any targets for you? Yeah, I, I kind of feel like that, and I'm sorry, but it's a, it's an LSU guy that have like in that third, fourth round area. Bradford. It, yeah, and it's Steve Avila is 6'4", 332 pounds. Anthony Bradford from LSU, 6'4", 332 pounds. You know, this guy is a massive, massive guard. And, I mean, he's got the quickness. He could pull. He could get one block to the next. I mean, he can he single blocks, double teams. There's a lot of guys that 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 this is a guy that people haven't talked about a bunch. But when you start to talk to the scouts around college football, Bradford is a guy that they that they bring him up a lot. And so, you know, I just felt like they maybe need a little bit better finish. But man, the quickness he has for a big man. I mean, he could he could he could be a starter. Your team that's like a gap or a power team. This guy's got that kind of size, that strength to him. So I mean, you know, LSU, they ran the ball behind him, you know, with some effectiveness there. And I think he'll surprise you with his athletic ability uh when you watch him play. So Anthony Bradford uh from LSU. Where do you have the the North Dakota State? Um, uh, and I always mess up his. I always mess up his name. I I do too. It's Cody. Is it Mock or I can't remember? It's it's, it's got. It's, I'm not. It, yeah, it's. I always mess it up, but I, I do too. Yeah. I haven't figured it out he's, yet. Um, yeah, I, I need to listen to that closely. I don't think it's not Mock. It's something else. And I'll. But anyway, people understand this. Malk or Mock? I like. I've heard it. Malk. It might be Malk. Is Malk? Yeah. But anyway. Him, I know some people like Emil Echior from, uh, from yeah. Alabama. Uh, he mm-hmm. was the starter at right guard for the Crimson Tide. And, you know, he's like a 6'3", 314-pound guy. I don't know if he moves as well as the other guys that we're, that we're talking about here. Yeah, uh, I think that that's fair. Um, I, you know, and uh, I kind of referenced him there uh, a little bit, and I, I don't know how you feel about him. If you've gotten a chance to watch him, have you gotten a chance to watch Jordan McFadden yet from Clemson? I do, and have like Bradford, Echior, and McFadden. Those are all guys that I had there, like in the third round. McFadden, um, you know, that's a guy that was a he was a tackle. He was a tackle at uh, at uh, Clemson. And so mm-hmm. he's kind of projected into playing guard. Let me pull up my notes I got on him. But yeah, he's he's a guy that I kind of feel like that will that could be that uh you know that you would have to maybe make a little bit of a of a conversion on right there uh to kind of to kind of get I think that. he's he's a guard he's a guard at the next level. Like I, I think that's where he's gonna play. Yeah. Um yeah. I I think he's I think he's good. Voorhees from USC, I, 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 I don't dislike Voorhees as as a player. Well, can, I, but... can I circle back? Can I circle back about McFadden here? Yeah, the yeah, thing, yeah. The thing about Jordan McFadden from Clemson, and I'm just reading my notes. This guy's six two, and he's three hundred three pounds. Mm-hmm. And what I'm a note say with he was a starter at left tackle with Clemson. I think you're going to have to project him inside. You know. It's very rare you see him put a hand on the ground. Everything is done from a two-point stance. So it's like good pass set, and then he will, you know, stay, he'll struggle to stay a little bit upright and balanced. So I kind of felt the longer that he had the block, the tougher it was to complete because I've he's a shorter guy. And I've seen like he, North Carolina State, Florida State, I've seen guys grab him and jerk him forwards, and he doesn't yeah. have that length to kind of keep 
those guys off him. So I, I, you know, I, I think that I think he's a I think he's a good player, but I just think he's shorter and not an ideal height for what you'd want uh, playing playing that position. Now Voorhees, a guy who will uh, project as a guard at the next level as well uh, from USC. He's six six, but he comes in with thirty two inch arms. Uh, yeah. The only problem with Voorhees, and I think there are aspects to like about him, and I think he's a really solid player. Um, I don't totally know how he's going to hold up with some of the power on the interior. Right. Uh, I, I think he'll he'll give up some he'll give up some push. Um, I, and I think that for being his size and a lower, I mean, he's six six three ten. I wish I saw better foot quickness, footwork, especially getting to the second level on some of those linebackers and things like that. I don't think you always see that. And, and in the, and in today's NFL, that's the problem with a lot of these guards we're talking about here, Brian. In today's NFL, we the guards got to get up to the second level. Like they yeah. need to get there and they need to pick off those linebackers. And that's what's the problem with. Torrance and some of these other guards that we've talked about in terms of I don't know how easily they're going to be able to get up to that second level and be that athlete. I think the Cowboys think Avila could. I, I think while he's not like a superb athlete, I think the Cowboys think he's got enough there that he'd be able to to move effectively. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I do. Uh, next question here. Uh, let's go with John. Uh, John is asking, which players, if any, would you be all in on trading up for in the draft? Brian, you you got anybody that you you really have a tough time passing them up if they slid into a specific range? You know what? I'm I'm kind of into that point right now where I'm just more willing to sit there and let it happen. So it's a terrible thing to say, but because I'm I'm looking. I'm looking at my board, and would one of these corners interest you at all? Like, what? I kind of feel like in a mock draft we did yesterday uh, on DallasCowboys.com, Witherspoon, the corner from from Illinois, uh, Illinois, got close to you, you know, and I wonder if you would consider that. I think that one of the corners, would you trade Smith and Jigba seems like a guy that's gonna go I'm not I'm not earlier. Any, I'm not going up for any of these receivers. And that's what I'm saying. I, I'm having a I'm having a really hard time. Let me let me suggest a name to you that we wouldn't I, I don't think you'd be thinking about in this exercise. But I'm just curious, because maybe, you know, stranger things have happened. What if you get to pick 12, 13, get around that territory? What if Tyree Wilson still hasn't gone? Well, he's my number one defensive end because I have or edge. I have him over Will Anderson. I have Wilson, Anderson, and Murphy as my would it, top. Would, would, it, would it interest you to know that with a limit of only forty-five, then would it interest you to know that the Cowboys did use one of their formals at the combine on Tyree Wilson? Yeah. Hmm. He gets to twelve to thirteen, maybe. Well, he he fits. He fits. He fits in my. I wasn't thinking that he was going to be there, Bobby. But I don't think he will either. But he's got. I think if one of these guys slide, okay. Let me tell you, I think are slider guys. Let me think who I think are slider guys. I think that. I think that. I think Johnston from TCU could be a slider. Yep. I know. The Robinson and Gibbs, I know, are the running backs. I Robinson could be a slider just because of the position, right? I think I think I think Jameer Gibbs is absolutely at your pick at twenty six. I, I, there's no question. I think he's I, there. I, I think Robinson's the one that it's it's probably not, but not impossible. See, that's what I'm saying though. Could I, I think if there's going to be a slider, it could be one of these wide receivers. It could be the running back, and it could be one of these corners. That's kind of where I'm at on the potential. Let, let me let me let me throw but you. See, a I want if special. I get a slider. If I get a slider, that means that I might want to go up to make a small move. That's why I'm talking about the slider, because mm-hmm. I might want to make a small move to go grab a guy that's sliding. Is what I might want to do. 
So let me throw another name at you then when it comes to these sliders, a blue star special. If teams get concerned and it gets to pick 13, 14 and Jalen Carter's still there, would you be willing to do that? And, and how much, how much on your willingness to do that would you be relying on people not even on the scouting staff potentially, maybe other people in security? Man, uh, <laughs> we used to get in trouble in that a lot when I was at the Cowboys. That was a uh, – I'll never forget. Just, 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 on the, just on the field, just on the field. Is he the best player? The, yes. Uh, B. yes. Is, he, is yes. he the best player? I had I, – I had heard from – Two different personnel people in the last few months told me that just as a player, Jalen Carter's arguably the best they've scouted. They, see, that's that's the thing, Bobby. I, I don't see, even with the off-the-field stuff, I don't see him getting out of the top ten. You know, that's that's kind of how I'm – Now, Todd McShay, Todd McShay put him all the way to like 12, I think, in his last mock. Yeah. Well, so, McShay – I'll say this for McShay – McShay was the first one. McShay was the first one that said, hey, you better dig in on this guy. And what did we start to hear happen? I think I think I think publicly he was. I think you and I talked about this all the way back in September, though. Right. I I think we knew about that. There needed to be a dig in on on Carter because I talked about it all the way back in September. I I had two scouts, Bobby, text me. When that whole thing went down about at the combine and mm-hmm. him having to fly back to Athens and then come back, I had two scouts tell me, text me, told you, see it, told you, you know. <laughs> I had two, I mean, and like, that was it, like, told you, you know. And I'm like, okay. So I, I think going from, I think going from 26 to 13, we'd have to figure that out. But for a player like that, if if that if that got close enough to me, I'd sure have to consider. Which concerns you more? The off the field stuff with Jalen Carter or the fact that when it came around to his pro day, he put on nine pounds from the combine, couldn't finish the positional drills and didn't do any of the athletic testing. Is that a bigger red flag to you yeah. than the field stuff? And is that are those yeah. work ha- those work habits combined with the off the field? Is that enough to potentially push him to a twelve? That yeah. had to scare teams. The Georgia pro day had to scare teams. He looked he looked like me running around them. Bags. <laughs> you know, if I took my, if I took my shirt off and was running around those bags and bending yeah. over and. That that looked I, I I know that feeling, bro. But <laughs> I'll, I'll say this though: I really, I just think people are going to look at that tape. I think they're going to look at that tape, and they're going to they're going to just they're going to turn a blind eye. They're just going to turn away, and they're going to draft him off that tape. If he if he slides, if he slides, you know, I think you have to do something. I'll tell you this though, Bobby. If I was running a pro personnel department for a team and they they put me in charge of the mock draft, I would do a scenario where he got close enough and he you know, you know, like okay, maybe a, a Laramie Tunsil kind of a fall. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. From from top 3 to 14. Right. You know, I think I would do a scenario in, as a mock draft with our group and practice him sliding down close to you because people don't want to mess with the off the field stuff. It's at so, least a scenario that you'd have to. I consider. think you'd have to practice that scenario. What we would do in that in that case. You are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Stars an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus all right, before we go any further, I need to remind you guys about our wonderful partner here at Love of the Star. It is Boomer Jacks. You guys, I've seen it on social media. You've been enjoying Boomer Jacks just like Brian Payton and I do, uh, and we love it. We love that you guys are tagging us in your photos out there, getting some of that ice-cold beer, or getting some of those fantastic wings. They have great wing specials. Tuesdays are half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings. But the specials are great the other days of the week, too. It's not just about the wings. It's also about the drink specials starting at $3, the $15 buckets of beer. And that beer is some of the coldest you're going to find. They have wall-to-wall TVs, live music, great patio setups. It is just a wonderful atmosphere for whatever you're looking for, whether that's you know happy hour with the coworkers, a place to watch the game with your buddies, or just somewhere to have dinner with your family. Boomer Jacks is your spot. There are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian, uh, round three here of the Dean Julia Love the Star mailbag here for the entire episode. Uh, next question here from, uh, I hope I'm going to say his name correctly, Tato Castaneda, and he says, Darnell Washington or Jameer Gibbs if you're wiped out at 26? Now, I don't think he's saying it's got to be one of those two, right? I think he's just saying, hey, if you're wiped out, and those two are staring at you, which would you prefer? And I don't know about you, Brian, but I'd, I'd much rather have Jameer Gibbs on this team than Darnell Washington at 26. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I mean, again, it goes back to it goes back to the running back situation and all that. I, I get it. You don't want to run. I, I tell you what, I love, I love Gibbs. I have him right below Robinson. You know, I think that kid can do a lot. I mean – he he runs well. He's got vision. He's got toughness. He catches the ball well. You know, if you move on from Tony Pollard, you just move on from him. I mean, Pollard could very well be. We could see Pollard be uh, next year's. Um, you know, Dalton Schultz. One year sure. and you're one year and you're done. You know, so yeah, I kind of I kind of feel like that's. That's where I would I would be. I'd love I I think he would I would love him better than I would uh, the other player. I just there there there's zero scenario for me where I want to take Darnell Washington in the first round. I I don't want to take I probably don't want to take Darnell Washington in the first three rounds. I'm not a big fan. 
Um, and yeah, I know he tested really well. Yeah. And people love that, but that testing's not enough to move me off of what I think is essentially a sixth offensive lineman. Like that's just not a guy who's gonna, I think, really impact the passing game. Yeah. I mean, I know myself, like guys like Meyer would be one, Kincaid, Musgrave. I would rather I would rather take a shot. Y'all are all making me y'all are all making me doubt Luke Musgrave now, like, like what I've said about no, him. No, no, no. And by the I'm way, the got, I'm the only one who has him one. Nobody else seems to have him one but me. I've got I've got uh I've got people tell me about Kincaid that the back thing is something that happened late in the season. Mm-hmm. And it's something that if they drafted him, he probably would be he wouldn't be a part of the minicamp stuff, but it's not anything long-term to worry about from what I heard. That's good news then because uh, yeah. you would think could be somebody that's in consideration for them he there. He gets mocked to the Cowboys a lot. I know a that. A lot, a yeah. lot for sure. Yeah. Uh, next question here from Gabriel. If Zeke were to join the Eagles, which is something that's been chattered about a little bit, would that tarnish his Cowboys legacy? And do you think he can be productive in that system? Um, I don't think it tarnishes his Cowboys legacy. I mean, it, it's, it, I think if you were upset, they cut Zeke, it would, you know, probably be something that you'd, you'd say, well, you cut him. You didn't show him any respect. So there, and uh, if you didn't like Zeke, it just give you more of a reason not to like Zeke and make you happy that they moved on from, but I don't, I don't think it's, everybody's just trying to get a job here. There are no allegiances like that. You're just looking for work and whether he can be effective in there, Eagles have a very effective run game. He, he absolutely had some success there. They do. And the, the fact he could be a very patient runner, too, with that RPO stuff that they do or the, the read option. I will say this. Um, you really have no reason to be mad at Zeke. They they moved on from Zeke. Zeke mm-hmm. didn't demand anything. He demanded a contract several years ago, and, and the guy gave it to him. That's, that's all I said on Zeke. But I don't know how you could be mad at a guy that's trying to go out and, and job. You know, I mean, the Cowboys are the ones that not he didn't he, he didn't do any he didn't make any grades or anything like that to get it cut. So I, I and he ends up with the Eagles. I I don't know how you could be mad at this guy. I really really don't. No, I mean, if anything, if you want to point to not, I don't know how you could be mad. I don't know how you'd be mad or his legacy. You know, he he gave you you know he gave you everything he had. The guy played hurt, rarely missed games. You know, he missed some games because his missing games was early in his career because of being suspended, that's not because that, he was banged up. That's where you can. That's where I think there can be some bitterness. He yeah. caught this team with like I understand the toughness and the wanting to be a warrior. Man, he hurt this team the last two years just not coming off the field to rest and, mm-hmm. and to, to let himself get better because he, he he didn't want to come off the field. There was a pride issue there, and so. That is that is the thing that I think hurt them more than anything. But it was all in the name of, you know, good intentions and things like that. So, uh, I mean, how mad can you be at that? Uh, question here from Trevor Maloney. How many guards and defensive tackles are worth a first-round pick? So, Brian, uh, I guess we can just go by your grades. How many guards and defensive tackles do you have with a first-round grade? Guards is Saransky from Northwestern. And Carter from Georgia on the defensive tackles. That's, that's it. it. No, that's no it. others for you. No others. Nope. Why? No like, I, you're you're a fan of Kalijah Cansey, right? Why? Why is he? I uh, do. I do. I do. I got actually got uh, I got Cansey and uh, Breesy, and uh, mm-hmm. in the second round though, is what I've got. So my my guards in the second round are Torrance Avia, and then our North Dakota State kid. In the second, and then second round tackles, uh, I've got Benton, Mozzie Smith, and Ika. Is that my guy from? Uh, is that how we say it from? Siaki Ika, yeah. Ika from uh, from Baylor as the one techniques, Breesy and Cansey as the threes, with Carter as a three technique or under tackle as the uh, only first round grade that I got. Did you find uh, with Breesy just really quickly because he was at one point like the number one recruit in the country I think uh, years ago? Did you find that for for such a big guy and a guy who's such a you know stout looking player did it? Did you feel like he was on the ground more than he should be? Sure. Yeah. There's some balance. There's some balance issues there. No question. 
there's some balance. I, just, I, I looked at it and it's the, I feel like the production should have been a lot more sure. uh, than it ended up being for a screw. It's, it's always a concern when you get these high recruit guys who then the production doesn't meet it. And you see odd, odd like oddities on the tape where it's like a guy that big shouldn't be on the ground as much as he is. Right. I, I just breezy scares me a little bit. Um, I, I mean, I think the the traits are really impressive, but uh, it, it's it's kind of troubling to me. All right, last question here, and we got this one a lot in some form or fashion. Uh, what's going on at kicker? What are the Cowboys going to do at kicker? Should they draft a kicker? Should they sign Robbie Gold? Whatever, whatever. Um, I think the Cowboys' plan at kicker will be the same plan that they've gone with most of the time over the last 20 years, which is they'll just bring in a bunch of people to, to try out. They'll pick one of the street guys and that'll just be their guy until next year when they do it all over again. Yeah. I've, I've seen some people kind of throw around uh, some ideas about, and this is so funny when I worked for the Cowboys, we had a guy named Steve Hoffman mm-hmm. and Hoffman could go to like, Walmart or Lowe's or <laughs> Home Depot, and he could get 10 guys. He could get 10 guys to work out, and then one of them, one of them would be like a, a Pro Bowl kicker, you know? Yeah. And, but I, I honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if, and Bones Fossil is going to work out some guys. We saw a trade today. Who, uh, did Carolina send their kicker to San Francisco because they're not going to sign Robbie Gould back? Is from what I understand. So, but uh, so yeah, that yeah, means they, they, Robbie- they 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 traded Zane Gonzalez uh, okay. Niners, and yeah, Gold is gone. And that that was okay. announced earlier this week. Guy hasn't ever missed a playoff field goal. I mean, okay, mm-hmm. so that might be a consideration there, but there's a guy. The kicker at Michigan is a guy named Jake Moody. And Jake Moody has made some big kicks in his career. And Jake Moody kicks in the Big Ten, so he's kicked in all weather conditions and had success. Jake Moody might be the first kicker drafted uh, in this this draft. And I'm going to say it's probably going to happen in the fifth round. Would I be – but – you know, could the Cowboys get in on that? Would they use a fifth-round pick on a kicker? We'll see how much sway that Bones you, Fossil you, has if, if they you if gave they pull you, g- you gave up your comp picks, so you'd be spending your only fifth. You'd be spending your well, only. I mean, if, if Jake Moody, just keep an eye on Jake Moody. I think he's going to be the first kicker taken uh, in the in the draft. Something to watch. That does it for us here on the Love of the Star podcast. Uh, thank you so much for all of your questions today. Uh, We'll be back with another episode for you this weekend. Until next time, we will talk to you guys later.